Kurt mentioned after praise and worship that no matter where you go, God is there. And uh, we have a, a gentleman that attends this church, and uh, he was with us at men's retreat, and he has told me before uh, he went to prison for a time. And he, before he went to prison, he told God, he said, hey, God, I'm going somewhere where you can't go. And he said, but then when I got there, God was already there. And uh, this gentleman found Christ in prison. He wasn't a Christian. And so I think it's amazing to, to just hang on to that thought that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, God is there. Now, this morning, I want to read a story to you out of the New Testament, and I want to talk to you about healing. Listen, we've designated this building as the house of God. We know God doesn't live here, but it's the church. And so it's God's house. And so what does that make it? Well, it makes it the house of grace. It makes it the house of miracles. It makes it the house of healing. It makes it the house of hope. Listen, when you come in this place, whatever you need from God, God is here and God is available to minister to you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're in the new covenant. And if you're in the new covenant, healing belongs to you, okay? The Bible teaches very plainly in the New Testament. I'm going to show you an amazing story that healing belongs to you. If you need healing, if you have a loved one that needs healing, you can reach out to God in faith and you can receive healing. So I want to read a story to you. It's in Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 24. Then I'm going to read out of the New King James Version of the Bible. So let me read to you and listen to it. Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, let me stop right there. There's a story before this that I'm not telling, that a man came to Jesus and needed some help and wanted Jesus to come to his house. And Jesus said, hey, I'll come to your house. Well, everywhere Jesus went, there were crowds who followed him. Now, let me explain something to you about Jesus. He's the real deal. Okay, Jesus' disciples were real men with real jobs, and they were drawn to Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, people were drawn to him. Why? Because he's the real deal. He wasn't religious. He wasn't strange. He wasn't weird. People were drawn to him. The reason they were drawn to him is because he was filled with life. Listen, I know people that don't know Christ. And there's one reason why they don't know Christ, and that's because they really don't know who he is or they've believed a lie about him or something's happened in their life and they've blamed him for it. But here's what I know. When your eyes are open, when you see Jesus for who he is, you want him. There's no one that sees Jesus that doesn't want him. So he's on, this, he's on his way to a guy's house, and he's surrounded by a crowd. And listen to what it says. A certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She'd suffered many things from many physicians. She'd spent all that she had and was no better and grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. For she said, in her, the Bible says in the King James Version, it says that she said in her heart, if she, if she said in her heart, if I only may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? 
He looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Let me read it to you again. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus is in town. He's on his way to somebody's house. There's a crowd gathered around him. And as he walks, they're walking with him. And they're bumping into him. They're jostling him. You know, people are bumping into each other. It's like shoulder to shoulder. It's crowded. And as he's going along, these people are in this crowd because they know it's Jesus. And there's a woman in town who's been sick for 12 years. She's had an issue of blood, which means she was bleeding, and the bleeding wouldn't stop. The Scripture says that she went to doctors, and the doctors couldn't help her. In fact, it says that she only grew worse, and it says she spent everything she had going to the doctor. Now, stop right there. Let me show you a couple of things. When I was a kid growing up, I had asthma, and I had asthma pretty bad. And this was back before there was a lot of medication that worked well, and they didn't do things like they did today. And so I struggled with asthma, and it, it, it impacted my life. It, it, when I would run, I would wheeze, and, you know, it impacted me like being around grass or, you know, playing football. If I got in the grass, it, it'd make me wheeze. And so my parents took me to the doctor, and I went to the same doctor. His name was Dr. Dyer, and he was an allergy specialist, and I went to him quite regularly. And so my mom would give me medication that he gave me, and uh, if it would flare up and I would have asthma, I went to that doctor so much that she'd throw me in the car and she'd drive me over to this doctor's office, and we went there so often that when she would bring me in, the nurses there instantly knew who we were. They knew who I was, and so they would whisk me into the back and put me in an extra room, and and in a few minutes, he would come in and, and he would check on me. Now, you don't want to go to the doctor so often that he knows you And when you go, you know, it wasn't like we went to the emergency room. Now, sometimes we did go to the emergency room. Like if he wasn't there, it was the middle of the night. But when we went there, he knew who we were because I struggled with this and I went so often. And so I had this problem all my life. Now, I'm not going to say I'm completely healed of asthma because I still have a little bit of it, but it's nothing like it was when I was growing up. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because it kind of became my identity, you know, I was Rusty the asthmatic. I was the kid that has, had asthma. I was the kid that, you know, if I ran or if I did something I wasn't supposed to do, I would start wheezing, and, and then I would have to go to the doctor. And it impacted my life. You know, uh, the kids in the neighborhood would play football, and I would want to play football. And so back then, my mom had these little pills that I would take for asthma. And the way they worked is they would dilate your lungs, and they would kind of jack you up and, you know, you know, make you run faster and jump higher. And so, so I would sneak in my, in my bathroom, the parents' bathroom, and I'd get one of those pills, and I would take one before I'd go outside to play football. And so when I got outside, man, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to knock somebody out, man. Because, you know, can you imagine me on pills, man? I mean, think about how I am now. But can you imagine me jacked up on some pill? I mean, it'd be bad. It was bad. My poor mother. I mean, she's in heaven, thank you, Jesus. But if she was still alive, I'd say pray for her, okay? So, but I'd get in trouble. I'd get in trouble when I would take those pills. And so, of course, she didn't want me self-medicating myself. That, That wasn't wise. And I got in trouble. But here's the point. I was the kid 
with asthma. There was a church in Amarillo down on 6th Street, if you're familiar with Amarillo, and it's not there anymore. It's a different church now, but it was called Souls Harbor. And my grandmother would go there sometimes, and they had an advertisement on the radio in Amarillo, and this will tell you what kind of church it was. When you would hear the ad, it would say this, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Come to Souls Harbor. That was the kind of church it was, yeah. So they were crazy, you know? I mean, yeah. And so, so, so my aunt told my, my mom, hey, why don't we take Rusty over there and they can pray for him to be normal? Now, everybody knows I'm not normal, right? Right. Everybody knows that, right? You know that. Vicky knows that, right? Vicky says that to me all the time. What is wrong with you? It's like, there's not anything wrong with me. Don't, I mean, she shouldn't do that to me, Amen. All right, so, th- so they took me to this church, and, and uh, I was sitting on the outside aisle. There was an, a big aisle in the middle, and I was sitting right there like Jessica. Well, one of my family members, they asked if anybody needed prayer. And so one of my family members kind of pushed me out of my chair, and I fell out into the aisle. Well, you know what they thought? There's a victim, right? There's the, right, right. That, and so they pointed right at me, and they made me come up, and, and, they, and then they prayed over me. And now I'm not making fun of prayer. Don't misunderstand me. Thank God they prayed for me, and uh, I, I believe I, I'm, not, I'm not against that. Don't misunderstand me. But I was that kid who struggled with asthma, and I kind of took on that identity. Have you ever heard anybody say this? Hey, you know, my arthritis is acting up, or my asthma is acting up, or my whatever is acting up. If you're not careful, if you're not careful when you have something, you can kind of take it on. Do you know what I'm saying? It kind of becomes your identity. It kind of, you kind of take it on, and it becomes part of your life. And listen to me, if you do that, it's very difficult to get healing from that. It's very difficult. And I bet this woman who'd been sick for 12 years, she was struggling, I bet, with some of these very same issues. Listen, everybody knew who she was. I mean, and back in those days when you were sick, they were afraid because they didn't know what you had might be contagious. Okay, a perfect example was leprosy. Okay, and if you had leprosy, you didn't go anywhere in public. And if you did get caught in public, you had to shout out, uh, unclean, unclean, unclean. So you could warn people that, hey, don't bump into me. Don't get close to me because you might get what I have. Well, having an issue of blood was the very same way. She had to take a huge risk. Now, here's what happened. She's in her house, and she hears Jesus is going to be in town. And the Bible says, she said in her heart, if I can just touch Jesus, I'll be made whole. I'll be made well. Can I ask you a question this morning? What is it that you've been saying in your heart? In the needs in your life? What have you been saying to yourself? You know, one of the most powerful voices in your life is your own voice, right? That inner voice. We all have that inner voice. And we say things to ourselves every day, don't we? And, and think about how many times we say negative things to ourselves. And we say things like, oh, this isn't going to work out. Or, oh, of course my transmission's gone out. Or, oh, of course I've got COVID. Or, or oh, of course I'm not going to get that raise. And we, I've done it. We've all done it. And if we're not careful, we're negative on the inside. And the strongest voice you have is that inner voice. And she said, 
in her heart, I'm going to touch Jesus and I'm going to be made whole. Then she got up off her couch, and I'm just saying she probably had a couch. She left her house, and she went out into public, and she began to work her way through that crowd. Now, stop for just a minute. Do you know why my parents took me to Souls Harbor? Because they were desperate in a good way, not a bad way. I don't mean being desperate in a bad way. I don't mean worry and fear desperation. I mean they wanted God to touch me. You see, if that woman had stayed in her house and she'd stayed in the comfort of her living room and she had said to herself, hey, if it's God's will for me to be healed, I'll be healed. If God wants me to be better, he knows where I live or somebody else will tell him where I live and he'll come and knock on the door. No, she did not do that. Let me tell you something. If she had, she would not have been healed because he would not have knocked on her door. She had to get up. She had to get out of the house, and she had to get out to where Jesus was. Now, can I brag on you right now? Okay, you are like that woman. Do you know how I know? Because you got up this morning. You didn't stay on the couch. You didn't stay in the recliner. You got up. Listen, it's cold. It's cloudy this morning. It's raining. I mean, when you got up and looked out the window, you know what I thought? Man, it's a perfect day to make an extra pot of coffee. And man, let, let, you know, let's put some cinnamon rolls on. And let's put a log on the fire and let's just hang around. Right? I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, yeah, do what? There we go. Come on, man. You know, let's just, let's just, let's not go to church. Okay. You didn't do that. Listen to me. You know what you did? You got up, you got your family ready. You went through all that you go through to get here. You got in your vehicle and you came. And in a lot of ways, you're just like that woman. Listen, let me brag on you. You got out of where you were. You came to the house of God. She didn't go to the house of God, but she went after where Jesus was and she received her miracle. And I believe the very same thing is happening to you. Listen, she came up, she got up, she got out of her house. Now, here's what she did. She violated social protocol. Now, what social protocol? Well, she wasn't supposed to leave her house. She goes to the front door and she opens the door. She goes outside. She goes through her front yard and she goes out into the street and she goes another block. And when she gets another block, there's this crowd. She's not supposed to be there because she has this sickness and she's had it for 12 years. Listen, there wasn't a person in town who didn't see her, her who didn't know who she was. They knew she was sick. They knew there was something wrong with her. Oh, hey, aren't you the lady that was in the clinic last week? Hey, aren't you the lady that was in the hospital for two weeks last week because you're having a flare-up? Now, let me tell you something else. She didn't feel good. She didn't feel good. She was weak and she was sick. And listen, I'm not picking on anybody when they're sick. I've been sick and I've not felt good. And I'm not saying you're supposed to ignore being sick. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying she didn't let it stop her. Well, you know, I don't feel good, you know. Yeah, I just wish Jesus would touch me, but you know. Right, right. Now don't, now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you don't take care of yourself. I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe that's right. But she didn't let it stop her. 
She got out. Can you see her, Jessica? She starts elbowing her way through that crowd, using them elbows. You ever had an elbow used on you? Yeah. And she's got, and she's come, and there's a crowd, and she's having to work her way through the crowd. She doesn't stand in the back and say, hey, please, excuse me. No, no, she didn't do that. She had, now listen to me, don't miss this. She had to fight her way through the crowd. You know, the doctor says it's hopeless. You don't need to go get prayer. That's not going to work for you. Your family says, hey, you've always had that, and that's just who you are, and we love you the way you are. It's okay. Rusty, you can't help it that you're not normal. Right? She didn't let her family stop her. She didn't let her disease stop her. She didn't let the neighbor stop her. She didn't let the doctor stop her. She wanted something from God. Man, that's a great way to be. You know, we had prayer this morning in all this auditorium, and the chairs were all empty, and we prayed for you, and we prayed for these chairs so that when you got here, you'd be hungry for God. During the week, we have staff prayer on Wednesday, and I pray for every single one of you that you have a hunger for God. I prayed over my grandchildren every day that all the days of their life, they're hungry for God. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they'll be filled. And so when you come in this place, I pray that you'll reach down and flip on that switch and turn on your expector. You'll release your faith. When you walk in that door, you come in and say, hey, I need something from God. Hey, God, I need a touch from you. I need a word from you. God, I need you to move in my family. I need you to move on my kids. And we pray that over you every week. You don't come in here and just, well, whatever. So she forces her way through the crowd. And it says that she touched the hem, which was the bottom of his garment. So in my mind's eye, it's almost like as she's going through the crowd, she almost kind of gets knocked down. And, it, and if you will, she's like down on her knees. And as she falls forward, she reaches out and she grabs that garment. And when she grabbed it, lightning went into her. Life. The Bible says virtue. You see, Jesus was walking, talking, life. He was the real deal. And when she reached out and she touched his clothes, life flowed out of him and into her. And it says she was healed instantly. She was healed instantly. Then Jesus says, hey, 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 who touched me? And the guy said, are you crazy? What do you mean who touched you? Fifty people are touching you. What do you mean? He said, yeah, but, but somebody touched me with faith. Somebody touched me with expectation. Yeah. See, see everybody else was just kind of bumping and kind of rubbing shoulders, Right? But she touched him with faith. And when she did, his life flowed into her. Now, listen to me. Don't miss this. This is so good. When you come into church, you're going to bump into people who don't really want anything from God. You're going to rub shoulders with people who are going to rub shoulders with God, and they're like the crowd. Now, listen, I'm not putting that on anybody here. I thank God every one of you are here, and I believe you want something. But listen, when you come in this place, you don't be that person. You don't just casually come in, you know. You know, I pray every Sunday morning before I even get here, Lord, thank you, today is not just another Sunday. It's not just another day. Okay, I visited with a lady who works at a care facility in Amarillo, and it's like a nursing home. 
And she said 75% of the people that are there are there because they've had strokes. They've had strokes, and it incapacitated them so much they can no longer live a normal life, and they're in a care facility to receive care. And I'm thankful for those facilities and the people that work there. But listen to me. From one heartbeat to the next, their life changed. One heartbeat to the next. Just like that, their life changed. Listen, life is precious, amen? I pray before I get here, Father, it's not just another Sunday. You do the same thing. And when you come in this place, you be like the woman with the issue of blood. Hey, God, I don't care if anybody gets anything. I don't care who wants something. God, I do. Ooh, I do, Lord. Man, I need help. Now, listen, Jesus can only be who you let him be. Don't miss that. See, lots of folks want Jesus to be their Savior, but that's it. Oh, no, Lord, you can't have my finances. I don't need you to be my banker. I'm a good banker. Right? Or, hey, Lord, I I can't give you my marriage or I can't give you my kids. Listen, Jesus can only be who you let him be. And whatever you give him, he'll take it and he'll bless it and he'll make it better. See, so Jesus can be your Savior and not be your healer. But, Lord, I want you to be my Savior. She wanted him to be her healer. I want him to be my healer. She touched him in faith. And when she touched that garment, now listen to me, it wasn't the garment. It was the king who was wearing it. Amen. You can get online and order one of those garments. You can. You get, you know, and they'll tell you, oh, man, send us $39.95. And, man, we'll send you a garment. We'll send you a little bottle of holy water. And, and you, you know, man, it, it'll, it'll, it'll bless your home. Well, that's a lie. Okay, if you got Jesus, your home is blessed. So it wasn't the cloth. It wasn't the garment. It was the king who was wearing it. And all of a sudden, everybody's looking at her. All of a sudden, it says that she was on the ground. And Jesus said, who touched me? And he turned around. And it says that she began to weep. And all of a sudden, hey, hey, aren't you that girl that's been sick? Hey, aren't you the lady that's not supposed to? Hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing in the crowd? Hey, hey. Are you that girl from Rusty's church? Hey! And Jesus looks at her, and he commends her. And he says, your faith has made you whole. The Bible says God's given to every man a measure of faith. The woman with the issue of blood that had faith, you have faith too. So don't think, oh, yeah, she had faith and I don't have any. Oh, man, I wish Jesus was here. I'd do that and I'd be healed too. No, 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 he is here. He is here. And you can touch him by faith just like she touched him by faith. In fact, he said, I need to go away so the Holy Spirit can come so everybody can get some, not just one person. He said, sweetheart, your faith has made you whole. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know what's happening to you this morning? You're feeding your faith by hearing the Word of God, hearing me preach, and you're starving your doubts. Listen, your faith is being built up. Your faith is being strengthened. And I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. And you went through all the obstacles to get here. I mean, you did everything you had to do to get here. I know it's easy to stay home, but you didn't do that. You're the woman with the issue of blood. And all you got to do is just reach out and touch Jesus. 
well, how do I do that, Pastor? Jesus, I thank you. You're my healer. Touch my heart or my lungs or my kidneys or my skeleton, my joints, whatever, whatever it is. My mind, like Kurt said, Lord, I need peace in my heart. Whatever it is. <clears throat> she did not let anything or anybody stop her. And she was made well. And you will be too. Doesn't matter how long you've been sick. Doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with these issues. Doesn't matter that your granddad had it. Well, you know, Pastor, that's in my bloodline. You know, being crazy is in my bloodline. Pastor, I relate to you. I know, man, right? No, if you know Jesus, you're in a new bloodline. Amen? If you know Jesus, you're in a new bloodline. You're not in an old bloodline. You're in a new bloodline. And all you got to do is reach out and touch his garment. That's all you got to do by faith. Would you close your eyes and let me pray for you? I know Kurt has already prayed for healing, but I'd like to just close the service this morning, and I'd like to just take a minute and pray <clears throat> on top of that. Father, thank you that we can be the woman with the issue of blood. We can be the man or woman who doesn't let anything stop us. We can be the man or woman who presses through the crowd. We can be the man or the woman that doesn't care what other people think. We don't care about social protocol. We don't care what our family thinks. Lord, we love them, but we're not going to let them keep us from you. Lord, no matter who it puts us with, no matter who it takes us from, Jesus, we want you. And Jesus, we reach out and we touch you. We thank you for healing in our bodies. Father God, we lift up Josh Moore to you this morning, our pharmacist here in town. Lord, that he fights his battle. We pray healing over his body that by Jesus' stripes, he's healed. And as he takes treatments and receives medication, he's healed in Jesus' name. Lord, you comfort and strengthen his family, and you comfort and strengthen our families. Father, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Lord's good, isn't he?